So hello and welcome to another 11 p.m. nightcap. I hope you're doing well. Hope things are <coughs> going good for you. It's going to be like a 50-50 episode. Half of this is going to be just kind of chill. Uh, the other half of it is going to be a discussion on sort of what I think is kind of an interesting article, if you will. But let's have a little bit of Jägermeister and enjoy that. Um, I want to try and do another thing quickly while I am here. Let's see if I can get this shaped up right. I think I can. That way then I can scale this up so you all can see it a little better. I'm having <laughs> a little bit of trouble breathing. Man is the mold and everything else down here uh, today just killing me. Uh, absolutely brutal. And um, yeah, it's not, it's not doing so great. So if you hear me coughing a lot and I sound terrible, it's because my lungs are collapsing and dying. No, I, I just, uh, yeah, my allergies are bleh. So apologies, apologies for that. Um, yeah, we're going to do sort of a neat thing here in a minute. Let's go ahead and save that. I think that will save. Please save. Yes. Perfect. So if some other folks stop by, I'm going to show something. We'll maybe do that during the podcast break because it's a little bit of a video, so that won't be that fun for those people. But we do have uh, Meow the Cat who has stopped in to say hello. So Meow the Cat, as always, hello, and how are you? Hope you're doing okay. Uh, he's got, he's already at work. He's waiting for the precious, the precious and totally not rude people to wake up and ask for their breakfast. So he's using that moment to stop by and wish a hello. So here we are. Uh, Boston actress has got me in her ears, but she's pretending to watch a movie with family so she can't respond. Ha ha, thankful for long hair. Long hair is my favorite. I'm not gonna lie. It's got a lot it's got a lot of uses. That's one of them. You can hide stuff in there. You can hide all sorts of treats in there. Uh Dash V has says, Hello, 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 my precious. Dash V, my lungs aren't doing <coughs> so great today. Allergies are kicking my ass. But I'm otherwise feeling pretty great. Uh had a great chiropractic adjustment today, so my back feels good, my neck feels good. Um, I think I'm just gonna when this stream's over, go to bed and go to bed early. Tomorrow will be a busy, busy day for me because not only do I have work during the day, but I'm going to get cracking at the gym. And then I'm meeting with um, a firearms dealer that I know. I'm selling some of my stuff. Uh, the market's good right now. So I want to be selling some stuff, switching some stock and stuff around. So I want to do that. And then I'd like to go out and get a drink before I finally go home and say goodbye to sort of a tire a tiresome week or just a weary week I'm just, I'm just i'm just wiped out i don't think i i don't think i got the proper sleep recovery from last weekend i think is my problem Whew. trying to make a moment one day and then ain't oh dash v and then dash v gets a nice one week vacation dash doing anything fun or particularly interesting on your vacation So yeah, that's it for tomorrow. 
today wasn't really anything super memorable other than just having uh, having the chiropractic adjustment. Oh, I did get to see Patch. Patch has developed apparently a fear of my sister's fireplace. The dogs now not like the fireplace for some reason. Ever since she had that scare, uh, she only almost died that one time. Uh, she's developed a real sensitivity to certain sounds. They really bother and scare her. But I did get to pet. I did get to pet my patch dog friend. So that made me very happy. That could also be when my allergies aren't so great. But uh, I did get to pet patch friend. <sighs> my buddy. So that was nice. Got to see some family. Have a nice hot meal. Um, I bought these. I think I talked about this maybe yesterday. Maybe I forgot. Pants. Let's talk about pants. Or trousers, if you are a European person. And I, for the longest time, was like, sweatpants are sweatpants. Workout pants are workout pants. If they're just polyester pants, they're just polyester pants. Why on earth, other than for the name, would you pay for Adidas or Nike or something like that? Just why? They're so expensive. <laughs> Until I got a pair. And let me tell you, the Adidas Climate Cool stuff is like the best stuff ever. It, it is fantastic. There's little like holes in it, so it actually kind of breathes. It's comfortable. It's durable. It's stretchy. It's top-notch. So recently, what I've done is when I go uh, turn stuff in, so I went to, uh, there's like a, a secondhand store that's around here. So I went and donated and dropped some stuff off, and then I went over and I pawed through their sweatpants rack. They have like a sleepwear pajama, like sweatpants rack. It's just all jumbled in over there. So I pawed through there one time, and I found a pair of these Adidas Climacool pants, and they're awesome. So now when I go back in there, I look for another pair. I found another pair. They were navy blue, the little stripe, extra large, climacool, looked almost brand new. I'm like, oh shit, yeah, $11 for like a $60 pair of pants or whatever. I'm like, well, they look a little small, but then again, they're stretchy. So maybe I'm just not. So anyway, buy them, I get them home. I can't even fit one leg. I can't even fit half a leg into these pants. This clearly must have been extra large and like a child size. Because <laughs> uh, that was comical. So I gave those to one of my nieces and they fit perfectly. So it has to be child size because even if it was like... See, I don't think they make those in men's and women's. I think they're just unisex. But anyway, gave them to her and they fit her great. And she runs track and does sports and all sorts of stuff, so... Hey, I'm sure she'll get great use out of them. So, all's well that ends well. Right? Right. Uh, Dash V is taking his first week-long vacation in five months. That's a long time without a long vacation. I, I kind of did that last year. It just it was killing me. And what he's doing on his vacation is he's going to be tearing down the rest of that pinball machine and sending out the play field for the clear coat and restore. God, I'd love to see pictures of that when you get that back and get it done. I bet you that's just going to look awesome. Uh, and then he may finally play Control, and maybe he'll stream it. 
It's too, it's too many maybes for me, man. I need some certainty in my life. No. Uh, cool. If you do, make sure you say hi. Cat Minecrafter stopping in with a hi, friends. Cat Minecrafter, how was your day? Fabulous, I imagine, like you are. Fabulous. I also uh, roasted my shoulders a little bit because behind me now, you'll see at the beginning of the stream, maybe, although I don't know if you can really tell, I replaced the receptacle that's up there. And I did this uh, kind of just before the stream started. The pull chain on it had broken, so it needed to be replaced. So I took that apart and replaced it, but the holes didn't line up from the box to the receptacle. So they have the little cutout piece that had to cut out and then I couldn't get the screws to fit and then I'm going to put it back up there and then the wire comes off the fucking screw pot. I'm like, oh my god. So it started to get irritated, but I got it done. So now I have a nice pull chain uh, rather than having to screw the light bulb in and out, which is just kind of hack. So anyway, uh, that made me feel good to fix that because uh, as I showed the other day, it was that a couple days ago, I do have some different lights to experiment with in here. So we'll see how that stuff goes. Minecrafter, she went to Hobby Lobby and did crafts all day for her other sister's bachelorette party. So wait, now your other sister's getting married? What sort of crafts did you do? And what sort of supplies did you buy? And do you have any recommendations on some crafting supplies? I always like to share that kind of stuff because some of that stuff thought there's crap. It's going to get, man, that's about sharing the stuff, the, the tools, materials, products, food, whatever it is. Like, I kind of feel like there's a cool vibe here because I've had on this, like, I've had some stuff you guys have brought up and I tried and I really liked it. For example, and you may laugh, I fucking love Vegemite now. I'm a Vegemite man. As a matter of fact, I might eat some Vegemite crackers right after this fucking show because it sounds, that sounds great. Mmm. So that's uh, what's immediately going on. I have a feeling a lot of other folks are out and about and doing some other activities today, which is all right, which is all right. It was nice to see Absolute Katie back and streaming. Absolute Katie's uh, back online live. It was nice to see Check Me Out yesterday. Uh, I had a great check, uh, a great check, a great chat with her yesterday <coughs> about being mindful uh, in the face of stress. And so, um, I'd like to talk to her more about that, uh, in the future, because that's a very important thing to me. And it's something that I've tried to be better at myself and also teach some of the other younger developers that are here. Um, you know, when you have something that starts going sideways to mitigate some of the things that make it worse as a team, right? So that was good. It was good to catch that. Um, a lot of folks doing some nice streams lately. Dan Dastardly has been back, which is awesome. Obviously, Meow the Cat is here, which is great. <laughs> Vegemite Crackers does kind of sound like a band, doesn't it? Hey, man. There's a, there's a, new, uh, there's a new limited edition Vegemite Crackers album on. Did you get that vinyl? No, I just listened to it on fucking Spotify. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Cat Minecrafter made some ch like chalkboard signs. That's it, but you had to do lettering all day. You definitely recommend the Lottie Dottie chalk pens. 
L-O-D-D-I, D-O-D-D-I chalk pens. So did you make those using the chalkboard spray paint or like a stick-on material? Um, but that's nice. That's nice. I love chalk. I love chalk and chalkboards. There's something about that that feels more um, concrete and makes me feel like I'm like, in the 70s in some mad science lab. Like, I kind of hate dry erase markers. And then somebody's like, eh, the chalk makes chalk dust. Like, look at the fucking goop dust and the chemicals that come out of these fucking markers. Besides, if you get really hungry and you do a bunch of drugs, you could just eat the chalk and it wouldn't kill you. If you eat a marker, you're probably going to be bad news. Anyway, no. <clears throat> Cat Minecrafter was hand lettering the signs with the pens on the chalkboards from like 4 p.m. until just now. Dude, that's brutal. Your back and arms and stuff gotta be uh, hurting you. Question for Cat Minecrafter Were you wearing your pit vipers when you did the lettering? I was hoping she would answer quicker because the podcast pit. No, but I wore them when I was driving. Okay, if you didn't wear them while you're doing the lettering, then you have to start over. <laughs> Do it over. <laughs> oh, boy. <clears throat> All right. Um, here's another thing that's going on. So... I was supposed to and was hoping to go to the Renaissance Festival this weekend. I was going to take some pictures and video of myself in a costume and take some other video and pictures of what the place looked like and share them at the end of the weekend. However, it's now highly unlikely that I'm going to go for multiple reasons. Reason number one, the person that I was going to go with is sick. Um, she's just got... A regular cold. She's just not feeling good. I'm like, well, it's kind of cold and like rainy and wet. And that place is usually a little bit of a mud pit. And because it's been raining all weekend and it's supposed to continue to rain, I think, up until Saturday, that's going to be an absolute swamp. And since that's going to be a little warmer, it's also going to be humid as shit and full of fucking mosquitoes. So... There's a little bit of the person I was going to go with isn't feeling good. And I don't really know if I feel it. It would be fine if it was a little bit muddy, but that's just going to be shit. And especially if it does end up graining and like, this is going to be miserable and crappy. And like, it's fine because generally I'm not wearing a whole lot of clothes when I'm there anyway. But it's, if you're just soaked all day, like, I don't want to just walk around being wet. <laughs> what? So I wear like, I have like, these kind of like period, I have like period boots and then I wear a kilt and a muslin shirt and an eye patch and a head wrap. Then I have some bracelets and necklaces and all that stuff. And then I have this really nice handmade leather like satchel to put stuff in. So it isn't like I have like a lot of clothing necessarily, but eh, just getting waterlogged and all that shit. I don't really think I want to do that. Might be cigar lounge instead. <laughs> oh, well. Do you guys like going to stuff like that? Do you dress up if you go? K 
Kent Minecrafter asks, Cigar, do you like golf at all? No. Uh, look, I feel like I'm fine maybe watching other people play golf, but I don't play golf. I have a feeling part of that is, like, I have a spatial whatever left-hand dominant, like, uh, A, the last time I went, I almost killed one of my friends with a golf cart, and I also suck. And so I would kind of rather just, like, smoke cigars and drink and watch other people play the golf, and then I can just, like, enjoy the nice golf course. Um, but, I mean, it's not like I'm, like, against it. I mean, actually, I think in a lot of ways it's kind of a nice sport. It's an excuse to get out and... Uh, you don't know anything about medieval fairs. You don't have them. What? What are you talking about? You have to. I think they're like in every state. You were going to say Navy Boy is going to the Ryder Cup this weekend. <clears throat> is, he, is he a good golfer? Does he love golf? Sorry, ladies. I'm not the golfing type. <laughs> what state do you live in? This is horse shit. What are you talking about? He loves golf. I know a lot of people who are like, that are like fucking golf fanatics. Like that's, you know, I, I get it. That's cool. You know, it's just, it's just not for me. That's all. Did this thing ruin the thing I just did? If it did, I'm going to be a little bit pissed off. Okay, no, it's fine. It's just, this being weird. Okay, perfect. Lorenito. Wait, how do you say that? Is that Lauren Ito? Or is it Loreen Nato? I'd like to, I'd like to know how to pronounce it. Lorenito. Okay, Lorenito. Hello, Lorenito. Thanks for stopping by. Really appreciate that. How have you been today? How's uh, how's your day? Do anything exciting? Uh, we're sort of doing the intro portion of the show, and we'll be sharing uh, in about ten minutes or so a little bit of a neat sort of a video. And in the second half of this episode, we're going to be talking about something that isn't maybe necessarily controversial, but it could be controversial. And what we're going to be talking about. Is how Ayn Rand killed Sears. Killed it. <laughs> so that may be uh, that may be an interesting topic. I was really hoping that uh, Black Cat and or Bill would be here because I know Black Cat especially would be like, be in the middle of the middle of nowhere. I mean, I, Cat. It's not like I'm saying like they're gonna have it next door to your house, but they have to have it somewhere. I mean, the the one that I go to here is like a forty five minute to an hour drive. So I have it at the end of the street. Crazy day, busy with work, planning a celebration of life for your father-in-law, and you visited the venue today. Okay, so, um, how did the venue stack up? Did you see or notice any problems with said venue? I imagine, uh, given COVID and this and that and the other, did they have any restrictions? Things had that they had to be separated out, so on and so forth. Now Thermite's stopping in with a hoy. Thermite, how's your day? How are you doing? Hope you're doing well. 
Hope you're hanging in there, doing okay. We're almost to a weekend, by the way. So uh, this is going to be the last nightcap episode for the week until we get to Sunday. All right. And I think next week, just maybe spice things up a little bit. Because, what, next week... Next week, Thursday, that's going to be the last day of September before we get to October. I might do a Halloween giveaway. Or an October giveaway, rather. Uh, Minecrafter told Navy Boy if he sees Rory McIlroy, your favorite golfer, to get his phone number, you're dropping that Naval Boy for a hot golfer. Cat mine golfer. Cat hot golfer. I want to call you hot golfer from now on, you cool? Uh, Lori Nito says, yeah, a lot going on. The venue was nice. And that's going to be outside. Oh, so that'll be nice. I mean, um, hopefully, you know, obviously that's dependent on the weather. But uh, this is, this is, I think, probably about your best bet during the year for nice weather. Um, he passed away in May 2020 at the height of COVID. So your mom needed a celebration of his life. Oh, man, that's really sweet of you. That's really nice. Uh, and condolences, even though I know that that was last year. Yeah, this year, this year we've had a lot of... Uh, folks, even that we sort of know in the community on this show, who've either been really sick or passed away. Um, so, well, you know, in that regard, my heart really does go out to you. <clears throat> Your sister's wedding was outside. It was like 90 degrees. Yeah, I mean, we're not done with summer yet. Although... This week, like, it was hot here. It was like 86 degrees and humid last week, and I was like 55. He had to put paper towels in a bridesmaid's armpits to stop pit stains. Why didn't she just wear an antiperspirant? Just get some aluminum chloride antiperspirant for the thing and just wear it the night. Put that on. Use. Okay, I'm going to give you some info. You guys ready? You ready for this? There's a stuff called Certain Dry. And you want to use it and, <coughs> and try it ahead of time. But what that is, is a little bit of like a super deodorant. It comes in like a liquid. And so what you want to do is you want to test that and use it ahead of time. Maybe maybe a week or so ahead of time. Uh, and then once your skin gets used to it and you apply that stuff, uh, it can last for up to 72 hours. And let me tell you, it works. As the sweatiest man alive, that stuff actually does work. Uh, it's a complete game changer. You know, you may sweat everywhere else. Um, it's called Certain Dry. Uh, if you need the prescription version of that, it's called Dry Sol. And Dry Sol can really kind of burn your skin a little bit. But uh, Certain Dry is, <coughs> is awesome. Certain Dry is great stuff. Um, so, you know, what? if you have an event or something like that, you might want to try it. Um, you can buy, I think, a lower... Uh, percentage over the counter. You can buy what they call their prescription strength, even though you don't have to have a prescription to buy it. You can just buy it anyway. But that's just, it's all in the sensitivity of your skin. So obviously try that somewhere for a little bit ahead of time. I'll tell you, it can, it can be a little irritating at first, but apply it to dry skin, uh, go to bed the next day. It's crazy how much it does work. Uh, Thermite says, lucky bastards, it's nearly freezing here. It's like 54 degrees here today. It's not freezing, but for being still September, pretty cold, to be honest. Whew. 
All right, because I'm excited about this. No, wait, I have to wait till Cat Minecrafter comes back. Oh, fucking four degrees Celsius there? That's pretty chilly. Lorinito says that it's 61 there. 61? I love 61. That's like a great temperature, especially if it's dry. Uh, is it like rainy or humid wherever you're at? But like, I can wear jeans and a t-shirt and not be sweating and walk around. That's like my favorite temperature. Love it. I think between 61 and like 70 is like the perfect temperatures. <sighs> Say, big, bald, sweaty bastard. Uh, oh, no humidity. Jealous. That sounds good. That sounds pretty, pretty, pretty good. Thermite, is that like your, your so that's got to be like your winter season, right? Uh, it's too cold to work in a t-shirt, too hot to work in a sweater. So, you're fucked. How about a long sleeve t-shirt? You can't do like a, what about a long sleeve t-shirt or a t-shirt with a vest? Do you guys, do you, do you, have, do you have like a vest over there? Like I used to wear a, like a thin, like a denim like vest. Or like a hunter's vest when it's cold like that, because then you can regulate your temperature easier. Especially if you get hot, you can unzip or take the vest off. Then if you start to get cold, just put it back on. <clears throat> oh. Turn off the AC. The window's up. You're not huge on vests? What about a sleeveless flannel? What about cutting the sleeves off of the flannel or a denim shirt? Same. What about a poncho? I'm a huge fan of ponchos, by the way. I can't wait till it's cold enough for me to be able to walk around and wear my poncho uh, reliably. It's like my favorite thing in the world. Huge fan of the poncho. It's like a, it was a fucking game changer for me. But what I like about that in particular is you can put your arms outside it and you get some breathability. Like I could wear a shirt like this and put my arms outside and get breathability. But then if I get cold, you can just fold your arms underneath it and you warm right up. It's amazing. It's like the perfect attire. It's basically a tarp with a hole in it, but I love it. <laughs> hey man, sometimes they figured out the good shit way back in the day. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> 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 all right. We in in a few minutes here. I'm hoping. I don't know where I don't know where Cat Minecrafter went, but I have something I'd like to debut. I have something I'd like to debut. It's a video, um, and I'd like to share this all with you because I have something very exciting that might be coming up and coming my way. I'm not a hundred percent sure if and when it's going to happen and how what the logistics are, but I did a little bit of a piece of a something. And so, unfortunately for you podcast folks, you're not going to be able to see this because you can't see anything because it's a podcast. So, you unfortunately are going to take a break. And then we'll be right back with an interesting article on how Ayn Rand killed Sears. <laughs> So, uh, Thermite is going home. Um, be safe out there, man. 
Thank you, as always, for supporting the stream. Take care of yourself, and we'll see you again soon, all right? Um, hope you have a nice weekend if I don't talk to you before then. All right? Farewell and take it easy. Now, you all want to discuss something bizarre? Let's talk about something bizarre, because we got another, we got another thing here that's weird. Ready? So, I have to go back to this display for a moment, but I'm going to remove this ahia, and we're going to start up something a little new, and we're going to read a rather controversial-ish sort of article here. And this is, this is fascinating because I don't know if a whole lot of people, uh, were aware of this whole, of this whole scenario. Um, so as you can see from the title, the title of this, um, is Ayn Rand killed Sears. Okay. Eddie Lampert, the legendary hedge fund manager, was once hailed as the Steve Jobs of the investment world and the second coming of Warren Buffett. These days, he claims the number two spot on Forbes' list of America's worst CEOs. He has destroyed Sears, the iconic retail giant founded in 1886, which used to be known as the place where America shops. And America now avoids Sears at all costs. Thanks largely to Mr. Lampert and his love of twisted economic logic. A bit of background. Lampert cut his teeth on Wall Street at the risk arbitrage desk of Goldman Sachs under Robert Rubin, who later became U.S. Treasury Secretary and now serves as Vice Chairman at Citigroup. In 1988, Lampert founded ESL Investments and joined the Billionaires Club at 41. He rose to fame in the early 2000s for seizing control of Kmart during bankruptcy and then using it to take over Sears. Along the way, he was kidnapped and deposited on a motel toilet in handcuffs for nearly 40 hours and lived to tell the tale. That's true, by the way. Lampert is known for his touchiness and odd habits, such as conducting meetings from a bare-bones room to Sears executives forced to tune in by video conference. He hates flying. And you might say that Lampert is the distillation of the fervent market worship and wrong-headed economic approaches that came to dominate the U.S. in the 1980s, and then they have yet to run their fatal course. He adores Ayn Rand and is reported to have given out copies of Atlas Shrugged during an ESL annual dinner. He is also a fan of Friedrich von Hayek, the Austrian economist believed by con or beloved by conservatives and libertarians. As a Robert Rubin protege, he absorbed the lessons of a man whose discredited economic focus on budget deficits ended up starving the country's infrastructure, education, and alternative energy. Looking at what he's done to Sears, we can see what happens when the lessons of his mentors are actually applied in the real world. It isn't pretty. Myth number one, bigger is better. William Lazanik, an expert on the American Business Corporation, has written about the rise of the conglomerate movement of the 1960s. At the time, shareholders were claiming for rapid growth, so they pushed for big mergers and acquisitions. Once successful firms were pressured to move away from their core businesses, often to terrible effects. In an email to me, Lazanik noted that the ideology was that a good manager could manage anything and that all the central office needed 
was performance statistics so that it could manage by the numbers. This foolishness imploded, as Lazanic put it, in the 1970s. But see, evidently, Lampert didn't get the memo. In the 1980s, as deregulation got the casino games rolling on Wall Street, mergers and acquisition fever once again took hold. This time around, mergers more often involved acquisitions in the same industry, like Bristol-Myers' acquisition of Squibb. Two new terms entered the American vocabulary, the hostile takeover and the corporate raider. Oliver Stone made a movie about this called Wall Street. Oh, we just had something happen. What happened? What happened there? Somebody just did a thing. What was that? I didn't see it. <laughs> ah! What was that? Was that a follow? Oh, you hosted! Lori Nito, thank you so much for the host, man. I appreciate that. I don't know why they don't put it over in the activity feed. Dude, Twitch really fucked up hosting, by the way. The auto-hosts now don't work like they used to. It's fucking... It's not, it's not good. It's kind of, it's kind of a mess, to be honest. But no problem, you don't gotta apologize. Thank you so much for the host, I really appreciate that. So yes, Oliver Stone made a movie about that called Wall Street. Now, some refer to Lampert as a corporate raider. He prefers the term active investor. Must be admitted that he wasn't only interested in stripping the assets of his retail giant to make fortune off of it right away. He thought he could increase profits, too, after making a nice wad of cash from Kmart by selling off the valuable real estate sitting under dozens of stores, shutting down 600 stores and laying off tens of thousands of workers in the name of cost-cutting and thereby jacking up the stock price. He got bigger ideas. He would use Kmart to take over another ginormous retailer. Sears. What background did he have in retail? None at all. But never mind that. He was a Wall Street genius. And he would make this thing work by harnessing the power of data and numbers and letting the invisible hand of the market guide his Franken company to glory. He even hired Paul de Podesta, the statistician of Moneyball fame, to advertise him. When Kmart acquired Sears, the new company, Sears Holdings, became one of the largest retailers in the U.S., and Lampert became its CEO. He took on the Herculean task of integrating two vastly complex companies, and he brought on a guy that knew all about restaurants <laughs> nothing about retail to help him, Alwyn Lewis, former president of Yum! Brands. Reactions ranged from surprise to predictions of doom. Mark Totgay at Forbes called him Crazy Eddie and decided that he must be planning to liquidate the whole shebang, perhaps slowly, by dumping stores. Because again, time Sears owned a lot of valuable real estate and using those monies to do stock buybacks that would further enrich him. But it turns out that contrary to that notion, you actually do need to know something about a business in order to manage it well. There's really no substitute for industry-specific experience, and bigger is not always better. A gigantic corporation can be too unwieldy and complex to thrive, especially when your management philosophy is derived from a writer of bad novels. Sears and Kmart are now on their way to becoming vaporized brands. So MILF number two, self-interest is the greatest virtue. 
The neoclassical economic paradigm is built upon the idea that a human being is little more than a globule of self-interest. It teaches that the market economy is populated by rational individuals whose selfishness is constrained only by expediency. Anne Rand was an enthusiastic proponent of this idea in extreme form, and her celebration of it can be found in The Virtue of Selfishness, a new concept of egoism published in 1964, which explains, among other things, the destructiveness of altruism and the virtue of acting solely in your own self-interest. At Sears, Lampert set out to create the Ayn Rand model of a giant firm. The company got a radical restructuring, with something that had been tried at giant industrial conglomerates like GE, but never with a, re- re- like with a retailer. And so first, he broke the company into 30 individual units, each with its own management and each measured separately for profit and loss. Acting in their own individual self-interest, they would be forced to compete with each other and thereby generate higher profits. What actually happened is that the units began to behave something like cutthroat city-states of Italy around the time Machiavelli was penning his guide to rule by selfishness. As Mina Kimes has reported in Bloomberg Businessweek, they went to war with each other. It got crazy. Executives started undermining other units because they knew their bonuses were tied to individual unit performance. So they began to focus solely on the economic performance of their unit at the expense of the overall Sears brand. One unit, Kenmore, started selling the products of other companies and placed them prominently, uh, placed them more prominently than Sears' own products. So units were competing for ad space and circulars, and since the unit with the most money got the most ad space, one Mother's Day circular ended up being released featuring a mini bike for boys on its cover. Units were no longer incentivized to make sacrifices like offering discounts to get shoppers into the store. And Sears became a miserable place to work, rife with infighting and screaming matches. Employees focused solely on making money in their own unit, and they ceased to have any loyalty for the company at stake or its survival. Eddie Lampert taunted employees by posting under a fake name on the company's internal social network. What he failed to see is that humans actually have a natural inclination for to work for the mutual benefit of an organization. They like to cooperate and collaborate, and they often work more productively when they have shared goals. You take all that away, and you create a company that will destroy itself. In 2012... Lampert bought a $40 million home in Indian Creek Island near Miami just around the time he decided to sell 1,200 Sears stores and close an additional 173. That same year, Sears Holding was named the sixth worst place to work in America by AOL Jobs. Myth number three, greed always wins. In the 1980s, a noxious business philosophy developed that said shareholders were the only true stakeholders in a company because they made the investments and bore the risk. Forget about the investments and risks borne by taxpayer and the people that work. They don't matter. Company had no responsibility to anybody but the shareholder. As a result, executives started using this justification for various kinds of hustles designed to line their pockets. They got very adept at the game of buying back their own stock in a way designed to inflate earnings per share and hide weaknesses. In 1977, 95% of distributions to shareholders came in the form of dividend payments. Today, 
More than half of the cash returned to shareholders of S&P 500 companies comes from buybacks instead of dividends. Fortune magazine, in a story about what happens when Wall Street jumps into the real retail business, reports that under Lampert, Sears has gone on a Steibach buyback spree. Between 2005 and 2011, he took what was once the company's strong cash flow and spent $6.1 billion of it on stock buybacks. During that same time period, only $3.6 billion was spent at Sears on capital improvements. He told investors that upgrades in new stores were not an efficient use of capital. I mean, neither was paying the workers decently. In fact, they were paid so badly they took to the streets to protest. So when you walk into Sears stores today, you find a sad, dingy steam, uh, scene with scuffed floors and chipped paint. Tense-looking workers hover over merchandise, scatter under ugly display tables. That hardly makes you want to buy a microwave. And a handy chart on Yahoo Finance shows that buybacks reached a high just about the time that Sears sales went to the toilet. Stock buybacks are really just an effort to manipulate stock prices, and they don't help a company's long-term health. They divert money away from the things that a company needs to have to succeed, like decent salaries for workers and investments in new products and services. Wonder my apples missing? Why it's retail workers paid squat? Check out what they've been doing with stock buybacks. Lampert's buyback schemes raked in a pile of money for him and his investors, but it's also flushing the company down the drain. Hoovering cash out of any firm, especially a retailer that needs appealing stores and strong advertising, will eventually crush sales. And so it has. Sears lost half of its value in five years. The lessons of Crazy Eddie seem so obvious that a bunch of kids running a lemonade stand could understand them. You have to know something about the business you're running, especially a big one. Success requires cooperation rather than constant competition. Greed is ultimately destructive. The invisible hand of the market appears to have attempted to slap Lampert upside the head to teach him these things, but he's committed to this nonsense, and the real losers are all the hardworking people who've lost their jobs and the potential loss to the American economy of two revered brands. It's probably a good thing Ayn Rand never tried to run a business. Published on Salon.com by Lynn Stewart Paramore. Here's a link to this article in the chat room. Uh, that will also be posted in the show notes of the podcast episode itself. But, you know, I think about this, and I think about Sears, because I was talking about this with somebody the other day, right? Bezos, owning the world. Bezos, my Bezos. But think about this. Sears Roebuck was initially Amazon. You bought everything from a catalog, and they sent it to your house. And they had an efficient network of getting you that stuff. And especially if you lived out West, in a lot of cases, that's the only place you could get things that weren't small, simple commodities. You want to get something like a nice, fancy whatever for your parlor room or your saloon? Well, you're going to get it from fucking Sears. Sears Roebuck. Think about that for a minute. They had the infrastructure. They had the business. Sears moved from mail-order catalog to stores. And then those stores moved to things like service centers for vehicles, automotives, electronics, all what have you. 
as that moved out and things got cheaper and got more disposable, you would have thought, well, Sears tried to go back to this shop your way nonsense with shopping points and whatever. But by that point, they were fucked. The amount that they lost in the stores and the value they lost and the pissed off workers and everything else, and it just folded into the trash. Because they weren't as innovative, clean, or as efficient as delivering what Amazon can deliver. Makes you sort of wonder. Amazon talks about opening stores. Isn't that what fucking Sears did? Londi just subscribed for nine months! Londi! Londi, I love you. Londi says that he's sorry he hasn't been able to watch much lately. Hopefully, you're taking care of your infinitely adorable puppy, Charlie. Charlie is so fucking cute. Um, Londi, I miss you, bud. I always miss you. Everybody, make sure that you stop by somehow. And follow Londi. Londi doesn't stream as much as he used to, but Londi is an awesome dude and uh, occasionally plays some games. He's also on Twitter. Uh, make sure you say hi. Uh, Londi, fucking awesome dude. One of my beautiful, big, British, dirty beefcakes. So make sure you follow Londi. Londi, thank you so much for stopping in and thank you so much for the subscription. That really helps me out. Um, some of the money that we, that we're going to get back from Twitch is going to go back this year to Stakesgiving that will happen again around Thanksgiving. So we'll be giving away some delicious Omaha steaks. If you are someone that is overseas, you'll be eligible for a second drawing that gets an equal dollar amount value in a gift card to your place of choice. So interesting article, Sears. Greed, motivation. Like you can see it. If places like that are driven too much by commission, that happens. They don't give a shit about the store. They don't give a shit about customer service. They don't give a shit about anyone else there. The only thing that they care about is getting that commission cash and saying, fuck you. I ran into that for a little while and worked at Radio Shack. Radio Shack started to bet the farm on cell phones. And there was this huge incentive, cell phones, cell phones, cell phones. And I had a dude who was there. He wouldn't lift a finger to do shit other than run around and try to sell cell phones. The rest of the store suffered. You could tell the other customers weren't really happy about that. It's bad. It's bad management. It's fucking bad management. That guy also went on to steal a whole bunch of phones and got fucking fired. And I think possibly arrested. But... <laughs> You know, that's besides the point. <laughs> so, the drink is empty, so the episode's probably going to end, unless anyone has any piecemeal things they want to discuss, ask, or chat about. But I think the Sears thing is, an inter is interesting to think about. They were Amazon before there was Amazon. They had that all in place. They fucked it up. It could have been Sears. It could have been Sears that you all would have been buying the stuff from and not fucking Amazon. But that guy really screwed it up. You want to talk about all-time blunder. 
I mean, if they had switched back and they started focusing more on mail and delivery, think about that. Sears had some home goods and products that were there in their stores. They could have done what a lot of places like Walmart, Meyer, Kroger, wherever your local, with deliveries. They had, they had trucks and vehicles and vans already for delivering stuff like appliances. They could have retrofitted that to deliver home goods. They would have made a fortune. They would have crushed it. They would have had all that in place when all this happened. But that's what happens when you occasionally have people that think too much about the idea of an ideology rather than just applying a little bit of some critical thought and realizing that hard problems are hard problems for a reason and you can't solve them now. Like, have some other people think that stuff through. So anyway, that, uh, that's the end of my rant on that. I hope you enjoyed that article. It was a little bit of a crazy, a little bit of a crazy story. Londi, what's your favorite store in the UK? If you're still here. I hope you're still here. Suddenly the chat's gone very quiet. I hope everyone's like, oh God, Ann Rand, who wants to listen to this horse shit? <laughs> so I got a little overhead. Should I go back to drinking Clamato and like shitting myself or something? Which maybe it is, but, um, I want to do for next week, I think maybe one day reduce some retro gameplay. Um, I don't know what day that's going to be, but I'd like to play some retro video games. Cause I went through the trouble of getting all that set up and I really haven't done a whole lot with it. So, uh, I'd like to do a retro day next week. Um, and I'll probably announce that ahead of time online. So if you have any game requests, no RPGs, that's too, that, it's too slow. Even something like a Zelda, I feel like unless you're going to play it all the way through, that's just not really conducive. But if you have any other arcade games or old school uh, video games that you'd like to see played, let me know. That's going to do it for today's show. Thank you so much, everyone, for stopping by. As we say at the end of all of these episodes, stay safe, keep the faith, and all that good shit. And we will see you again on Sunday at 11 p.m. for another Cigar Goy Lounge. All right, get yourself some rest.